Hi, this is Delano from DelanoBond.com, also RopeDojo.com. This podcast is for adults 18 or older. Thanks for downloading another episode. Feel free to donate if you feel that this podcast is worth anything to you. If you want it to continue, uh, new equipment is always needed. So go to Masticast.com, M-A-S-O-C-A-S-T, and click the donate button. You can also offer helpful suggestions uh, on what to do to the website. Other things, how to monetize, maybe how to demonetize, how to further demonetize it, uh, whatever you like. So uh, this episode is actually a conversation with a friend I've had for a few years. She's a lot of fun, as you'll be able to hear. Uh, her name is Kate, and I think this is pretty much self-explanatory. Here's my friend Kate and I shooting the breeze. I have to say, a good orgy is very hard to plan. I've I've tried planning more than one. I got very lucky my first time. Well, I, let's talk about this. Sure. Because I I recently interviewed Jay Jefferson. Okay. And you know we talked about his theories behind it as well. So you 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 on a lark you decided to have an orgy. Well, or? I mean the one basically I was at an event where people were having sex and I wanted to get gang banged and so I asked, you know, a select list of people, "Hey, I want to get gang banged. You right. interested?" Did you act, uh, ask like that? Um, pretty close to so it. So was an, it was a relaxed atmosphere that yes, you could do it. Yes. Yes. This was actually at Leather Tree. Okay. Um Speaking of Dark Odyssey events. Okay. So, I mean, they were all obviously sex positive people. I mean, I had one person who said, uh, I said, oh, you know, you and your partner are invited. And he said to me, is my partner invited because of me or uh, independently? And I, I was honest. I'm always honest. And I said, well, mostly because of you. But, you know, he's hot too. So why not? And they didn't end up coming. I might have offended them. I hope I didn't. But, uh, Okay. But um but no for the most part I mean there it was uh, a lovely time was had by all but the funny thing is a year later same event could not get it started. Really? So what 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 was different the second time? I have no idea. <laughs> and how no see most most of the times whenever I've talked to someone who's ever experienced the gangbang they've actually had someone else they've always had like a third party arrange it and all that stuff. Well, I mean there's a certain I mean, my personal fantasy, and I get the impression that a lot of people who enjoy the gangbang fantasy, it's uh, there's a certain lack of control, which makes it extra hot. But, I mean, the problem is is that there's that reality thing that we were talking about earlier, sure. where, um, I mean, the first gangbang that I planned, the one that went well, um, my then-boyfriend was there and could say things like, oh, you know, you can tie her a lot tighter than that. Right. That kind of thing, which is very helpful for someone who is not completely lust-addled. Um, to be able to say things that are useful like that. And so what, what, how do you determine a successful gangbang as opposed to a flop? You just had a lot of people showing up and Well, a lot of people showed up and lo- there were lots of orgasms. You right. know, people, you know, I got fucked and then they wandered off and, and had sex with each other. And that was great. Sure. Um, so that was lovely. And the second time they just... Only two guys no, well, nobody actually showed. I mean, like, there was scheduling issues. This whole scheduling thing becomes very challenging, especially at sex events. I thought maybe, maybe you gave them the wrong number. Maybe you gave them the wrong uh, uh, hotel room. And there, there are, turns out someone, some un- unsuspecting person, Grandma, no! <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, I may have to think about that one. That sounds like the opening to a penthouse forum letter. This is, by the way, is the only time I've ever heard... And it's a situation where someone was—I may have offended them by offended them by my invitation to the gangbang. 
Mm. I think that's the first time I've ever heard really? those words. Yeah. Uh, it seems pretty easy to offend people, so. With an invitation to a gangbang? Uh, okay, maybe it's unusual. I suppose if you could say, uh, I'm having a gangbang and I'd like you to show up, but don't come anywhere near me. Just, I want you to stay in the opposite room and don't don't even look. You know, there's somebody who'd get off on that. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. most people probably, that would be. So, okay. I just, so I guess Dark Odyssey is just a place, it's a place where dreams come true. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Dark Odyssey Winterfire is one of the best large events I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of events. I've been to, well, I have to say I haven't been to all that many events in, well, I've never been to an event in Texas. So I can't really say I've been everywhere yet. But um, it is, I mean, I've been to a lot of large events. Dark Odyssey Winterfire is just, I mean, they, the people who run it have been doing it for many years. Um, they know what works and they were fine every year. I mean, every little detail from well-trained volunteers to having water outside the dungeon because everybody gets thirsty when you've been playing, right. especially if you've been screaming. <laughs> I, we've been invited, I'm, I've been encouraged to go to the camp. Camp is a wonderful event, and actually it's interesting because um, it reminds me a lot of what we were discussing earlier. Um, as far as I think um, their various camp events are lovely, However, it's it's actually a lot of my friends laugh. One of my biggest objections to the camp events is I don't like the outdoors. Oh, well, um, you go rock climbing. Yes, all my friends laugh at me when I make that remark. I mean, it is outdoors, which means that you can get bitten by mosquitoes while you're getting beaten. Um, it is a lovely event if you are fed if you are interested in having sex outdoors. Uh, it's really wonderful from that perspective. Um, I would say that um, it's it's an event that, I mean, you know, we talked earlier about um, uh, going solo at events, and that's one where I'm not sure that I would particularly recommend going solo. It's People tend to come with their crowd, and going by yourself, unless you have a lot of, a critical mass of friends, might be a little odd or annoying or... The thing for me was kind of a turnoff was the cabin thing. Actually... The cabin thing can be phenomenal. But if you're around people who you don't want to see have sex. Oh, yeah, then that, that, that would not be so much fun. Right. But, I mean, on the one, on the one hand, I mean, last time I went to uh, a camp event, um, I went, I stayed in a cabin with some friends, and it was just really nice to be able to hang out. You know how when you're at a hotel event, you, maybe you played uh, in the dungeon, but maybe you play uh, in your room, but if you're playing in your room, you know, I mean, for instance, especially an event where they don't allow sex in the dungeon, then if you want to have sex, you have to go back to your room and you have to leave the wonderful energy, the party, you know, you have to leave the party in order to go do the thing that everyone there is, is wants to do. Right. Whereas at camp, you know, you can have sex and, you know, three of your friends can watch. And, and sometimes that leads to uh, wonderful ser uh, serendipity. Right. So you've been to camp? I've been to camp a couple times, yes. And other than the outdoors Part. If they if they could put a biodome on it. <laughs> they could just get rid of the mosquitoes. I literally had a safe word out of a spanking once because I was getting bitten by mosquitoes. And Except that's for just... that one area where you're being spanked, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I mean, if they could get rid of all the mosquitoes, um, you know, and logistically, it's, I don't know, I'm, I like comfort. <laughs> right. I wonder, has anyone invented a mosquito repellent slash lube? Well, you and have that's a built in that, that's actually another problem is that, you know, nobody wants to lick someone who's covered in bug repellent. That's true. 
They call it off for a reason. Yes. Deep woods off, which sounds like the off you'd wear at a gangbang. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Um, I remember the last time I we hung out, it was almost like, I remember like, she's this very wise person in the scene. She knows everybody. It was almost everyone when you would, would walk through. I think it was Test Fest the last time I saw Maybe. you. Maybe. And so you would be like, hey, how's it going? And it was almost like Norman Cheers. You'd walk in, everyone would be like, hey, wow, she knows everybody. <laughs> so catch me up on the last two years. Wow. Two years of my life in one um, one go, huh? Well, no, it doesn't have to be one go. You can just give me some Cliff's notes. Sure. Um, well, I. You know, the the past two years of my life, I've been, I've probably been going to probably the same number of events, Um, been doing a lot of rope. Uh, I mean, I was doing that before. So in a lot of ways, my life's pretty similar to where it was last time I saw you. Um, I've been to some great events, love Shibari Khan, Winterfire is a fantastic event. What's Winterfire? Um, It's down in D.C. I'm really shocked that you don't know. Oh, it's Dark Odyssey, right? Yes, Dark Odyssey, Winterfire. Um, so I've been going to particular events, ones that I've enjoyed in the past. I've been, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I, I haven't been to Tess in a while, but it was fun going last night. I've talked to some people who said that Tess as an organization, for those people who don't know, it's, it's uh, the, basically the kink group, one of the kink groups in New York. Uh, that, and they say because of FetLife, they will say, well, because of FetLife, people don't need to congregate anymore. Are the crowds still pretty good or... Actually, last night's meeting was very well attended. Really? What was it on? Uh, last night's uh, presentation was Medical Predicament Bondage by Miss Trish. Medical Predicament Bondage? Yes. What's, well, uh, maybe I'll have to have her on to describe it. But <laughs> Definitely. Medical Predicament Bondage? What are you... Using needles, staples, and sutures to make bottoms' lives very difficult. Okay. So... Okay. I can see, I can see that. I can see that. Um... Well, then maybe maybe it's the exact opposite. Maybe the fact that FetLife's out there, people more people can get the information that these events are going on. I don't know. But. Well, I think that's part of a larger trend with the whole scene. I mean, when you know, when I got into the scene, people said, wow, you youngsters have it so much better. You know, we had to go to sketchy bookstores and like go to the back room in order to find out about this stuff. And so many people back then talked about how they had not known that there was anyone else who had these same desires. Right. Whereas by the time I came into the scene, we had the internet. You could just go online and find people. And that's how I found the scene was there was this one night when I was surfing porn and I was horny. And somehow, um, well, I guess the two go together. And somehow along the way, I found myself looking at the Lesbian Sex Mafia website and said, wow, that sounds great. I'd love to meet other women who do this stuff. But that's in two weeks. I will never remember to show up in two weeks. Right. And then along the way, <laughs> right? Because I won't be horny in two weeks. Well. I want something now. And the funny thing was, is I kept surfing. And it turned out that Tess had a Knopf's excursion that night. Oh, wow. And because it was that night, in fact, I was half an hour late because I had to find something black in my closet. So suddenly I was there. I went to my first party because after uh, they hold the uh, novice excursion and then they go as a group to the party. So I met these nice people in a well-lit diner, the Chelsea Gallery Diner. And then we went to a party. So my first play party was the same night. Okay. Wow. Okay. So for, I, there's so many levels. I have to start. I have to start with, um, did you introduce yourself to people as, as by saying, hi, I'm Kate. Listen, I was just horny and I decided to come here. <laughs> 
Is that kind of or or? Yes, I am that shameless. You are. Well, that, there you go. That's pretty good. So you made a lot of friends your first night. Well, and that's why I still know a lot of people because I'm shameless. <laughs> so your first play party. Now, you had had you experienced any of the things? Somewhat. I mean, I'd fooled around with boyfriends in college and enjoyed it. But and and to be fair, it wasn't a hundred percent my first experience. I'd been to the Fetish Flea in Boston, mm-hmm. which is a lovely, lovely event. And so I'd been to that, but I'd never been to a play party. I'd read about this stuff mostly on the internet. Um, apparently, not everything I had read was factual. Who knew? The internet lies. <laughs> like what? <laughs> well, you know, you 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 know, it's it's. The same thing that everyone talks about, you know, these people who do online beatings and then do it in real life and discover, wow, this stuff hurts. Right, it's yeah. not a transformative experience 100% from the, the get-go. Right. It, it actually, there's a certain amount of reality yeah. involved. Being a young woman, new to the scene, did you find, uh, how do I phrase this? Did you <laughs> Did you find it a bit overwhelming? Did you find that there were a lot of kind of did you have to have your six, your spider sense out there, kind of warning you in the event of someone who's going to take advantage of someone who's less, less experienced? Or how does that, how did that work out for you? I was very delusional that first night. Yes, if that's what you're asking. Um, I actually, what's interesting, and and I've spoken to several women who had sev- the same experience, their first night out in the scene. I guess you could call it. Um, I met uh, a man who seemed very interested, and you know, he was very nice to me, and he was happy to explain things to me, and he admitted that he was an older gentleman. And, and I guess as things go, he was pretty upfront about things, and he wasn't totally sketchy. But on the other hand, uh, the uh, daily emails of "Why won't you come to Rome with me right now?" and 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 all these other ludicrous you know I I don't want you to play with anyone else but I guess you have to and I I just in retrospect it could have been a lot worse did he have a handlebar mustache that he kept like twirling with his fingers (laughs) and like that might have tipped me off if if, I I think I think I'm I'm sufficiently genre savvy that I would have figured it out (laughs) probably just shaved it off the day before he met you possibly okay so so you you saw Dove and you saw did you see a lot of things that you were not that you hadn't imagined before? I'm talking about your first experience up there. That, not, to be honest, I don't remember exactly how much. I think the whole thing was a little overwhelming, just yeah. sensory uh, overload. But I know for the first, uh, I mean, I went to uh, a TNG party, uh, well, a TNG dinner and then a party afterwards. Um, about a month later, uh, in part because I, in the interim, I finally made it to that lesbian sex mafia event because, well, guess what? I was still horny two weeks later. <laughs> and uh, and so I met a few folks, but there was still uh, a progression of, wow, I've never seen that before. And I remember a month later, um, there was this woman who I had seen at LSM, at the Lesbian Sex Mafia, who I just thought was the most beautiful woman ever. And I had a bit of a crush on her. And the reason I went to the TNG dinner and party was because she had in passing mentioned she might go there you know how these things go and so I went and uh, had been talking to her and there was a guy there who had been uh, interested in playing with me and had tried to chat me up and I I really after that first night I was more wary and, and was not really as receptive to this but then she said to him "Ooh." I'm doing a knife play demo with you in two weeks. We've never done knife play together. Why don't we do some knife play? And watching what he did to her feet with that knife, it 
it it was something I had never seen before. It was, uh, my eyes got very big. I got very excited, and not just because she was involved. So that uh, later in the evening, he crooked his finger and said, and I just followed and, you know, played with him. <laughs> so the fact that she would play with him was sort of... Sure. Right, was it an was endorsement. Sure. Um, did you... Did you ever end up playing with her? Yes. You did? I eventually did play with her a few times. And I mean, I'm still friends with uh, with both those folks. Oh, okay, good. So. What is the... Is Lesbian Sex Mafia, can you talk about that? Or is it like Fight Club? I can talk a little bit about it. You I mean, I, I can't tell you, say, well, yes, these 12 people are members. No, no, but... <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I mean, I can, you know, it's a, an educational organization. Sure. And uh, it caters specifically to women and people who identify as female uh, or who, who feel solidarity with uh, the lesbian scene. Right. Um, mostly educational. I think they do some remarkable programming. They have 10 meetings a year, roughly one per month, as well as other activities. Um, I've volunteered quite a bit with them uh uh, during uh, one period of my life. Um, it's a wonderful organization. Um, and I love that they bring in speakers that sometimes I don't see in the het or pansexual community, right. which is a real feature. And imagine the cover topics that are different. I've, I've heard, though, um, from people who have gone, that the vibe is very different from tests or... I mean, it's very different from many of the other organizations out there. Um, and... Every time I talk to someone about it, it almost sounds like it is a, um, how do I put this? It's a lot raunchier. Is that the <laughs> phrase I'm looking for? Um, there, it, it, it's, it's more relaxed, I should say. It's, it sounds like it's more relaxed sexually. And I mean that in the most awesome way possible. <laughs> sort of like, you know, they are there for, for fun. They're there for education, obviously, and safety and everything like that. But the fact that there, there, there aren't, frankly, there aren't creepy guys walking around, right? There might be some creepy women, but they're probably, the ratio is a lot smaller. Am I getting that correct? Or? I, I'm actually trying to think back if I've ever encountered a creepy woman there. And I don't think I ever have. So, so I'm going to contest that part of it. Um, it's, I think anytime you create a space that's more protected in that way, I mean, let's face it, at, you know... I mean, I used to go to Hellfire way back when, and, you know, you pay your money and you get in. Anybody can go. Same now with paddles. And with the internet, it's anyone can find it. So, sure, there are a lot of creepy guys who yeah. go to some of these things and, and, and make people feel uncomfortable. It's something that I've definitely become more aware of because my girlfriend has very strong... Uh, does not like being in places with creepy guys. Right. I mean, not that anybody does, but she really doesn't like people who make her feel uncomfortable. It's a deal breaker. She can't just ignore them. Yes. Thing, right? Yes. And so it's something that I've become much more aware of. I play uh, publicly. She usually does not just for that very reason. So. Um, and so that, but I imagine she does then at LSM. Well, she actually doesn't live in New York. Oh, she doesn't. So, um, so actually, I don't even know if she's ever been to an LSM meeting, oh. but I should take her sometime. Um, Okay, so you went to a few events. You went to that Lesbian Sex Mafia event. You saw the knife play. What was next on your on your journey? <laughs> well, you were still horny a few weeks later, and? 
well, I mean, the horniness does continue. Unfortunately, it doesn't ever actually I know. go it's away. Just like, it, it, I, I remember, especially like when I was in high school, I thought, do you think there'd be a quota? And I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, I could fill like what, a weekend and then I wouldn't be horny for like at least a month so I could get something done. Some, well, I actually, as part of the reason, I, part of my quest over the years has been to have enough sex to not actually need it 10 minutes later. And well, I haven't found it just yet. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> That's a shame. But well, maybe because your girlfriend lives out of town. Well, yes, that okay. is unfortunate. That be one part. Um, so what was your next thing? Like after, after that, how, how did you start diving in deeper? Well, I was uh, date. I actually, the gentleman um, with the knife uh, was someone uh, who I started dating. Um, and uh, we dated for two years and he had a lot of toys and we had a lot of fun adventures together. And uh, it was because, primarily because of him that I ended up going to Black Rose that year. Mm-hmm. And that started me going to a lot of events. Black Rose is a sort of like a weekend thing in a hotel in D.C. Uh, Yes. Right. So. We've got like a, a, just for those people who don't know. Oh, sure. Right. Sure. I'm not saying, I'm not just saying that to educate you. (laughs) You obviously know what it is. Well, more than that also, I mean, there's Black Rose, the organization, but just as Tess has Tess Fest, Black Rose, uh, at that time, I assume they're still doing it, had a weekend event. Right. And uh, so I went to that weekend event. Actually, what was interesting is that uh, he had a family emergency that weekend. So I ended up going by myself, which was a very interesting experience. So we had, we, before we started recording, we were talking about travel. Um, I've never gone to an event like a weekend event by myself. But like I've, I've always told friends, if you have a chance to travel alone, travel alone. Because it forces you to do things you wouldn't normally do. And get out of your comfort zone, and you actually end up making more friends than if you were traveling with someone else, right? Absolutely. And you would say the same thing for... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, so Black Rose, I mean, I knew people there. I just didn't happen to be with them. And, right. and there were people who would have kept an eye on me and did keep an eye on me to make sure that I returned in one piece, or at least, you know, most of the pieces all still attached. Sure, right. Um, but I've had other times. For instance, I went solo to Kinkfest. I actually was horribly mistaken and thought a friend of mine was going. And so I texted her actually once I got to the event and said, oh, hey, is that you in the next room? Because there was someone who was being loud who kind of sounded like her. And she said, why, no, I'm in New York. (laughs) And I was a bit surprised, (laughs) to say the least. Um, But then ended up having a marvelous time. Again, um, people I'd met at other events and had nodding acquaintance with suddenly were said hey let's play you know i've never really gotten to know you and actually ever since then i mean there are people who i've kept in touch with who i really got to know at Kinkfest in portland so um any advice for women out there i say women especially because guys uh i'm sure there are guys who have this problem but um especially women in the scene when they're first starting out they do have to be a little more wary of that uh, that kind of vulture that's out there. You know what I mean? Sure. And and so and I imagine that I I imagine if, if if things were reversed, if I was a new female and I was a heterosexual female or bi, and I was going to the scene and I really got turned on by dangerous people, um, then that would be like the worst place for me to be because the creepiest guy might also be the most dangerous, right? Sure. Do you have some sort of litmus test or things you you can advice you can give for people out there when they're Well, I think that there's certain 
basic safety stuff that everyone, not just women, should be aware of. I mean, we've all read the horror stories in the New York Post about, you know, gone hor- you know, men on Craigslist went horribly wrong. Right. Um, you know, having a, a uh, safe call or, you know, listening to, the, you know, listening to your uh, instincts. And, you know, if someone seems creepy, maybe you should reconsider. Um, I like playing in public for this very reason, because if you play in public at a party with a dungeon monitor, you probably are, are a bit more safe, although ultimately it's it's up to you to make sure that you're safe so there's all that very basic stuff i mean the part that i'm still wrestling with to a certain extent is how to have an appropriate response to wankers and creepy guys and and um i think sometimes i go overboard on that because i i'm probably a little more brusque or a little more uh cold to people who might genuinely be fascinating but um, realistically, if some random guy comes up to me and, you know, talks to me, I- I'm probably not going to give him the time of day unless someone's introduced me. Right. Um, although if I had stuck to that, I would have missed out on some very wonderful experiences. Um, and I think it also depends on how the guy's approaching too, because there are some guys out there I know who they'll go up to women. I have a friend who she, she, as soon as she see a guy, sees a guy even come close to approaching, she'll go, go away. <laughs> Turn around. She'll she'll do this, and she will do it in the most steely, cold. You know, she's a very loving, warm, amazing person. She's one of my closest friends. But when she does this, she turns into someone completely different and scares. She scares me when she does this. But sure enough, that guy will turn around, <laughs> and it's because she's used to guys coming up saying like, "May I worship your feet, mistress?" Or so, you know, something like this. Because and the only reason they're saying that is because that's what they think they're supposed to say, right? Um, whoever told them that, we, we need to like, yeah, yeah. Like, something has to be done about whoever is, is, is telling people that because that's obviously not the way to approach someone. I don't quite tell them to go away as soon as they come into eye shot, right. but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm pretty brusque. If, if I don't know someone, I probably, you know, people come up and, and there are appropriate ways. And even when they are appropriate, I'm not very good at being, you know, a guy will come up to me and say, oh, I love your outfit. And I'll say thank you and not engage him. Right. I mean, well. You know, <laughs> right, sure. unless he really catches my eye. Right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it is interesting that guys seem to have the idea that saying, Mistress, may I worship your feet is the, the way to start a conversation. Sure, sure. What's funny is I actually, um, so I went to BR. I mean, this is following That's the same Black narrative. Rose. I went to Black Rose. And after, and um, I when I first, actually, I mean, you want to talk about uh, bad ideas. When I first came into the scene, I'd been reading on the internet. So I knew that I would be a good slave. And so when people said, what are you into? How do you identify? I'd say, oh, yes, I'm a slave. Uh, well, you know, I was young. That's all I can sure. say about that. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, that's that's a great way to get yourself into a really difficult or bad situation. But so I thought I was a slave. And then I went to Black Rose and I went to a few classes on uh, how to do things because I'm very safety conscious, even in you know the rest of my life. And started learning about some of these things and thought, hmm, I would like to try topping sometime. Um, but at the time, I was, um, you know, I had my my leather daddy, and I wanted to try this stuff, but I didn't want to do it with someone I knew because what if they had a horrible time and then told everybody that Kate's a terrible top? Sure. So I wanted to find a stranger. Now, I mean. In retrospect, I know all the reasons why this was a very silly idea. My friends would be forgiving. They probably wouldn't hate me forever if I wasn't absolutely perfect. But whatever, I was young. 
And so I actually went to Hellfire because none of my friends went to Hellfire. And I walked in and uh, shortly after I got there, a guy came up to me and said, Mistress, may I worship your feet? Of course. And I said to him, why don't you try introducing yourself and walked away? Well, a little while later, and, and I thought that would be the end of it. And I thought, oh my gosh, creepy guys at Hellfire. What a cliche. Well, but for people who don't know, I've never, I never was able to go there. Um, they closed before I got here. That's why. I'm not saying I, I was so creepy <laughs> that they wouldn't let me in. That's what, No, uh, I moved here before they, uh, before, uh, after they closed. Um, but every story I hear, it was just such a shady, dirty, yes. gross. Imagine like the opposite of what you think a sexy dungeon would be, and that was that was Hellfire. But I'm sorry, so continue. So you... well, uh, the thing is, is that there are people out there, I'm sure, who find creepy, dirty, absolutely as as is their cup of tea. Sure. So Hellfire was made for them. Right. I mean, for me, creepy and dirty was an advantage because less likely to run into someone I'd know. Right. Of course, and this was exactly <laughs> in your plan. It was all part of my plan. Right. You know, I, I I knew exactly what I was doing. And actually, I mean, if we want to talk about creepy, not this particular story. There was one time when I was at Hellfire and I was literally beating someone, like my slave at the time, and some other random guy who was being beaten by his mistress started touching me. I mean, if we want to talk about really creepy, inappropriate, were you raised under a rock? I, I think that takes the cake. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm trying to picture this in my head, and it's because I've heard stories of of people who go to like swingers parties, and that will be a common a common barrier that people like if they're having sex next to another couple that the touch. So this is kind of similar to that. Maybe I guess maybe that he thought that this was appropriate, but his mistress definitely let him know that that was not appropriate. Oh well, that's good. That's Thank good. goodness. That's Thank good. goodness somebody had manners there. But on my first visit to Hellfire, I actually so guy who said, "Mistress, may I worship your feet?" Right. And um, I thought that would be the end of it. Well, a little while later, he came up to me and said, Mistress, may I buy you a drink? And I said, why, yes, thank you. Sure. I would like a hot cup of tea because I was freezing because I wasn't wearing anything because I want to make sure somebody would want to play with me. Uh, I want a hot cup of tea with milk and sugar, and I'm going to sit over there and you're going to bring it to me. And that was the beginning of uh, a relationship that lasted for five years. Wow. Yeah. So so he turned it around. So the, the creepy guys who's do, who do open it that way can actually be... Well, he wasn't creepy. I just didn't know that. Right, right, right. Context is everything. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and the fact that it was because he that thought that that's how he was supposed to approach you, right? Sure. So you were with this guy for five years? Five years. That's pretty good. So when you say with someone, though, because I know... That you uh, are, or do you consider yourself poly? Yes. Yes. There's um, a slight pause there. Uh, well, I went through a period of time where I kept saying, no, I'm monogamous. I'm looking for a monogamous relationship. And that actually persisted for a while until a friend of mine said, Kate, Kate, really? Because, you know, you're, you're looking for, you know, someone who you can have children with, but you also love your girlfriend. And I kind of went, Oh, you're right. Actually, I'm not. Oh my goodness. I guess not. Well, I'm. I'm not. You know. And and the problem with Polly. I mean, one of my deflection techniques uh, with guys has. Well, with people importuning me has been. You know, when they ask, oh, so how do you identify? I say I'm a switch because that means absolutely nothing. Right. It depends on how you identify what what you particularly like. And I feel in a lot of ways um, that saying you're poly, all that says is not that you're not completely completely monogamous. Right. Um, so yes, I I guess that 
uh, poly is a much better description of of how it works. But I mean, the longer I'm in the scene, the more uh, uh, different ways of doing poly there are. And um, I mean, I actually have uh, a friend who gets very upset with the term poly because he says there's a difference between someone who is an ethical slut and someone who loves more than one person. Yeah. Um, I have a little of both. So I, that's why I've, I've got friends now who are saying non-monogamy. They're using sure. that phrase. And actually, one phrase that I think does actually describe me slightly better than um, either monogamous or uh, poly would be monoamorous, um, which is that, you know, well, but even that's no longer, I don't know. So, <laughs> it's a path. <laughs> but monoamorous would be you love one person. And you have a lot of sex. And then you have a lot of sex. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm just so... I, it's so confusing for me because I have so many friends who identify different ways, but at the same time when they describe them, they sound similar. And so it's just really, it's really a difficult, you know, I almost need a pie chart for everybody. So they can show percentages, to, you know. It's not no problem with me. I consider myself monogamous, but you know. Well, it's actually, I mean, I feel like, I, I'm pretty sure there's a FetLife group, uh, or maybe it's just one of my friends on FetLife said that she's into um, people actually talking to her so you can understand, you know, her labels. Right, right, right. Yeah, so. absolutely. And that's the best way to get to know someone anyway. Well, right? of course. Right. And and that's why FetLife will never completely supersede a conversation. Absolutely. Um, so the, are you, you're, are you still with the guy you met in Hellfire? No, it's been more than five years. Well, it's been more than five years. Um, I would say that we still have a relationship. Right. But, um, I mean, uh, a year after we met at Hellfire, he and I were uh, would go out three, four times a month to paddles and play. Right. So, And we don't have that relationship anymore, but he still considers himself my slave. Sure. So, so um, this in there because I know it gets a little more complicated. Do you mind if we talk about your... Sure, go for is, it. You are one of these people who... You have so many different types of relationships. I think it's awesome. I think it's incredible. Thank you. I don't think, you know. Well, as uh, Laurence Olivier said, it does double your chances of getting a date on that's, a Saturday night. That's true. That's true. Um, well, why don't I rattle off a few of the different configurations I've been in over the course of the last 10 years? Awesome. I think that might help. That would, yeah, that would be good. Um, I've had boyfriends. Okay. Um, where we were a, uh, a primary track relationship. Um, I lived with uh, my leather daddy for two years, so I guess that's another configuration, and we were primary track at the time. I've been a secondary to um, my, well, I was secondary uh, in, to a man who was married to a woman, and I dated both of them, and actually these days I'm, I'm probably closer to her than I am to him. Um, even after the relationship ended. Right. Um, so I've been a secondary to a couple. I've been, um, I have a slave. Um, I always referred to him um, as having a slave under a time-sharing uh, agreement uh, since he served multiple mistresses and we all sh- played well together. Right. So, uh, so that worked out. Um, I have a girlfriend um, and she doesn't like hierarchical terms. So... We date, right? And uh, I see her as often as possible, which is never enough. And she's not in New York. No, right. no. Um, okay, so when you were just, I, I'm very curious. When you were dating the couple, mm-hmm. when you were secondary, was it one of those things where you were always with them, or you would sometimes be with him and you would sometimes be with her? 
sometimes with him, sometimes with her. I mean, I've also, I actually went through several years where I was mostly seeing couples. And uh, uh, so, uh, and there were some where I was, uh, you know, where I played. Actually, there's one couple who I played with them actually at a swingers party. And I'd had a crush on him for, <laughs> since, uh, you know, probably five years at that point. But I hadn't known that they were poly. Um, my leather daddy later uh, laughed at me for not knowing that they were poly. But right. what are you going to do? And uh, um, and uh, he and I continued to have some wonderful uh uh, encounters over the years, but I never dated them. Right. You know, we just had a lot of very nice encounters. Sure. Um, was there a reason why you were, maybe maybe it was just sort of happening that way, but were you going out of your way to be a third for a couple? Were you like, was it like, okay, mm. this is something, I have friends who do this because they like the fact that they can get a lot of different types of sex that they want, but they don't actually, they have a less likelihood of, a, of a emotional involvement because they weren't looking for emotional involvement. Well, I wasn't particularly looking for, to be, uh, you know, a, a third. In fact, I I wasn't looking for that in particular. But I mean, I do like sex with multiple partners, and if both of them already know each other, it it works out well. Sure. Sure. Um, and I probably have a type too. I mean, we all have types. <laughs> do you have a type, and then you'd have to look for the type of couple? Well, no. As far as you know, I'd talk to someone. Oh, you're married. Oh, I'm saying, you know, hey, this is going to work out well. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not insane. <laughs> I have references. Right, that's true. Um, I'm just curious how that, how that works. If you're going to go in, because I, at the same time, I have friends who have played with couples before, and they have tons of nightmare stories of, of one, of the, one of them getting jealous of the other one, whether it's the guy getting jealous or the girl getting jealous of sometimes. Um, and the way she makes it sound is like it sounds way too. Is, it, is she just picking the wrong people to do this with, or is this I, a common thing? I think you have to be very, very careful. I mean, there's one couple who we were, you know, I was uh, playing with them. Um, I thought everything was hunky dory, and then one day I said something, and I, I'm pretty sure this is why we're no longer all playing together happily. I said something which, you know, if you uh, read my live journal, you know that this is just Kate being Kate. You right. know, it was one of those absurd remarks that I make. But I think that she was offended, and so the relationship ended not because she told him don't play with her but just you know the the feelings cooled off just right. as a result of that one thoughtless remark so i think it's something where you have to be very careful um i recently started playing with a couple who are not as familiar with poly and it's actually one of my first experiences with people who are not you know who haven't been doing this for longer than i have right. i guess if you do it long enough you encounter people who haven't been doing it as long as sure, you sure that's true and um and so it, i knew that this was a p potential landmine and so I was very conscious of never saying anything that might offend one of them. Right. You know, and a lot of, I think a lot of what people talk about with, with landmines in poly in general is just uh, common sense and being polite and, and treat, and the golden rule, treat everyone as you would want to be treated yourself. But uh, like, uh, like for this new couple, do you kind of go in there and you kind of get a sort of sixth sense you sort of know, okay, I have a feeling she might not be in, or he might not be into this as much as the other one, or do you kind well, of get Well, I mean, I pay attention. A, right. You know, I, I, I look for body language. You know, the same way that you would with any new partner look for things that seem to be making them uncomfortable. Sure, it's, sure. It's, this, it's really the same. I mean, I feel like 
I, I love how many wonderful classes there are out there about poly and relationships. And I mean, there are whole events now that are, are uh, about poly and relationships and whatnot. But at the same time, I think you, common sense takes you pretty far. Right. Um, okay. So uh, you have all of your relationships along these and since you've cinched that one night you went out to <laughs> when you got to, so horny you couldn't not stay in um have all of them been sort of kinky relationships too or have you i actually went through several years where i uh <laughs> i thought I had met everyone who was kinky in New York and decided I would see if there were any vanilla people. Because one of my theories has was um, that there are a lot of people who are kinky but don't come out in the scene. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll try the vanilla dating websites. I'm not going to explicitly say, hi, I'm a kinky chick. Sure. But I'm just going to go out. And, and one of the things that I always said was that anyone who I would find interesting, who I would continue to date, can't be a completely vanilla missionary sex uh, with the light out because I mean in my vanilla life I'm fairly adventurous so there's no way that I would ever enjoy hanging out with someone who wasn't a little bit adventurous wasn't willing to try it at least once you know someone who isn't willing to try things at least once is really not for me in in any capacity really so when you did vanilla dating did you find that to be true well I had went on a uh, an epic number of bad first dates right so there's a lot of people who a lot of men who i really don't know about and that's better that way right, right. <laughs> um i mean i did i mean one advantage that i had is that um as uh, a woman who has a tendency to enjoy rougher sex and uh being in less control in bed shall we say sure. um i mean the way i put it is it's really easy to find guys who, if you say, oh, baby, fuck me harder, you know, they they, they, sure. they, they don't seem to have problems with this. <laughs> right. So you're saying that because guys are willing to go along with just about everything, <laughs> it's a lot easier for women? Is that what you're trying no, to do? No, what I'm saying is that most, I mean, all the... I mean, maybe it's part of our patriarchal culture or, or something. But I mean, most guys, if you say, please fuck me harder, are not going to complain and say, oh, my God, you pervert. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, if you if you wanted to introduce handcuffs or something like that, I still think guys, even think though they're so. very vanilla, if sex is on the line, guys would be like, sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, want, you want to wear that weasel outfit? Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. You know, they're, they're kind of like... Um, want to uh, paint an entire gender with uh, such a broad stroke. That's true. On the other hand, it's amazing what people will do for sex. Right. <laughs> but did you find yourself, and I'm not saying you actually did this very mm -hmm. many times where you were like, okay, he's vanilla, but he's willing to put up with it. Did you find yourself going, well, he's, he's yeah, he's going on with it, but he's not really into it? And so that's kind of a meh? Or... Well, I mean, I did meet one or two guys who I got the sense would not go along with it, who would be... And actually, what's interesting is, um, I mean, there I, I'm I'm a switch. Um, I do sometimes uh, top. I do sometimes dominate. But in bed, a lot of times, I do like submitting or bottoming. And uh, um, and there were guys who I could sense that would would rather be bottoming. Right. And so perhaps 
you know, as a primary track, especially back when I thought I was monogamous. I mean, if I could only have, uh, if, I, if I could never uh, bottom in bed again, I'd, I'd cry a lot. Right, right. And, and probably read a lot more porn. Right, right. <laughs> so rope is a huge thing of yours? Huge, yes. So is that, if you like were to list yours, if you had to narrow your fet life uh, kink interests, that would be in the top five. Is that what you're saying? Well, on the one hand, um, at one point I went much further with quantifying because that's kind of what I do. At one point I commented that I was 90% of my kink was about rope. 9% was about uh, needle play and 1% was about pony play. Oh, okay. So, um, so I obviously rope made my top five. Sure. Um, Although one of my FetLife interests is exchanging highly charged banter. And I've decided that also would make my top five. Okay. So if someone could tie you up with rope uh, uh, while you're uh, dressed as a pony and <laughs> poked with needles and exchanging witty banter, that would be like your ultimate. I'm not really sure that they all go together. Okay. What is it about rope? Why, how, how is rope such a big thing for you? I like the feeling of being restrained. Okay. Um, and that was... Because I restraint, mean, you can get from... A lot of things, right. sure. Well, I mean, when I first got into the scene, it was restrained any way that I could get it. Um, and then over time, I found that there were individual qualities about rope where I didn't just have to be for restraint. I mean, actually, one of the hottest scenes I have ever had in my life was um, a rope scene, actually, um, with... Uh, uh, it was at Kinkfest, which we mentioned earlier, and um, where I don't think I actually ever did get tied up, but somehow he uh, was doing things with the rope, and fuck, it hurt, and it was awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were going to say it that way. Really. Fuck, it hurt, and I never saw the guy again. Sadly, uh, that's not no, how it works. No, 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 no. I'm glad that I've seen him again. I'm looking at things that I've written down here. Oh. Uh, one thing I haven't written down. You said 90% rope? 90% rope. Pony play was 5%? Pony play was 1%. 1%. Needle play. Okay. Let, let's go in, in descending order then. Um, needle play. What is it? I, I'm glad. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, because Saad loves needle play. She loves needle play. I am very, I am very unexperienced with needle play. And I have a very unique reaction. Not the... I mean, I just... It's so sad when, for some reason, when I when I'm experiencing needle play, the last two times you've done it, it's been ended in in tears. Not in like tears like you don't love me or anything like that. It's just it evokes you know me like you know my dog died or something. I'm guessing this is not your reaction. <laughs> so this is why I am very interested in hearing from people who really enjoy it because I would love to be able to be in that situation where I'm just like get the needles out, please. You know. Um, well, I think when, I mean, everything that we, not everything, I think a lot of the things that we do in kink are very primal or hit very deep spots in us. I mean, it's part of what makes these things attractive. You know, when we play, we play with some very deep emotions. It's, I mean, at the end of the day, for me at least, that's what attracts me to the scene is that you get to, you know, it means a lot more. It's not just a casual fuck. Right. You know, I mean, there's good things to be said about casual fox. Don't sure. get me wrong, but um, now as I think 
It was wonderful. I went actually at Shabarikan to a class on, I think it was needle play for bondage. Um, but, but you know, um, it was taught by Derek De Silva. And he said out loud something that I'd been thinking in my head for a very long time, which was that um, basically needles are the fastest way to get endorphins possible. And um, I like endorphins, and they don't hurt nearly as much as a flogger. This is true. Um, so what is it? Is it just the endorphins you get out of it? Are you one of these people who likes like different patterns? Do you like the artistic aspect of it? Or is it you like just sort of extreme needle play or something? I, mean, I wouldn't call myself extreme on uh, in this dimension at all. Okay. Um, and I mean, I have to say, I'm, I would consider myself actually fairly new to needle play. I mean, I've done it. I mean, I did it actually. My first experience with needle play was... Black Rose 2001. So, I mean, I've been doing it for a very long time. Not very much. Not as much as I want. Sure. Um, and I'm, I I have to say, just as with Rope, I, I went through a journey where I had to process how I liked it and why I liked it and what made it hot for me. I, I think I'm still working on that when it comes to needles. Um, the endorphins are a great part of it. Um, the... Uh, I do like the decorative aspects. Actually, my uh-huh. FetLife profile picture is from a, uh, a demo at uh, LSM at the Lesbian Sex Mafia where um, the uh, presenter had uh, glued feathers to needles. Right. And so there's uh, wings on my back that are made of needles. Yeah. And it that I mean, that actually sort of... Um, uh, and this goes back a little bit to what we were talking about with rope and sometimes, you know, you get to a point where it hurts, is that for me, part of what makes masochism interesting to me um, is, you know, I, I don't like pain, but if it's pain to make me look pretty, uh, okay, yeah, I'm vain. <laughs> if it's um, if it's pain with a purpose, you know, if, you know, if, you know, being, there's something delicious to me and there's just no other word for it about you know it hurts but i'm in the air so it's okay right you know do you mind giving your either your twitter handle (laughs) or fetlife username or anything like Uh, that my fetlife uh username is kate s right and uh sure i mean there's a lot more about me there email away and you know not to be too creepy when you do so (laughs) thank you so much for this i hope you're willing to do it again yes definitely Thank you, Kate, and thank you for listening. Massacast.com. Hope you have a good couple weeks. We'll talk to you later.